Ah, COVID, you did it again. You did it again. We were, look, I was looking, I was looking forward to this Michigan-Michigan State game today at Chrysler. Michigan's been terrible this year. But Michigan State has looked pretty good, and they've battled through some adversity. Turnovers continue. Look, for as good of a coach as Tom Ezzo is, and he is, um, he is a maestro. Every single year, it's this turnover thing that they just they can't get past. It's crazy, uh, but they're winning games. Uh, and and for for Michigan, look, it's a curious season. And I think that when you when you when you embrace more so in basketball than in football, the portal, you have to understand that it's a different look football and basketball, very different sports. And so the transfer portal and the way that some of these guys come in can be very different. Like the the way that they impact the team can be very different. And so, you know, going into this game today, I was pretty excited this afternoon. Um, but Michigan fell below the big tens roster minimum of seven available scholarship players following their medical testing last night. Um, they have navigated really the, the, the early on this season pretty well. They haven't, they never had really any major COVID issues. Um, but over the last week, week and a half, things have completely, uh, unraveled here. Um, they traveled to Orlando. They played uh, UCF. Blew a big lead and lost. That was on December 30th. Uh, many of the t- uh, players on the team and staff and coaches flew back, but several players tested positive after returning to Ann Arbor on New Year's Eve. Uh, that was according to Hunter Dickinson. You know, and Jawan Howard, who's obviously frustrated with the way this year has gone, um, said we haven't been good to go 100%. Been figuring out ways to navigate through what we're dealing with in terms of COVID and COVID protocols. But it's frustrating. It's frustrating for for those in the sports world and in the non-sports world. That's what Jawan Howard said. Now, under the Big Ten's updated forfeiture policy, at least seven scholarship players are and one coach are required for a team to compete. Then the Big Ten will review every game impacted by COVID at the end of the year and determine whether it can be rescheduled or declared a no contest or declared a forfeit. And the policy says that if a team is under the threshold of available personnel and unable to play the game that and can't be made up, there'll be a no contest. Look, those are common sense issues, but I think this is a bigger issue here. And as, and as bummed as maybe you and I are that that Michigan, Michigan State wasn't able to go today. There's a bigger, you know, thing at play here. And 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 Blake, we had kind of talked about this, you know, the, over the last couple of weeks and how COVID is going to impact the sports world going forward and whether or not with big events, March Madness, NFL playoffs coming up, uh, you're going to get into uh, the NHL playoffs in a couple of months. Uh, I guess not really a couple of months. You get a few more months of of hockey left. But but the point is when when for example the NHL is taking such precautions, just postponing games. Like they're just postponing games. Uh, like Oprah gives away cars. You get postponed, and you get postponed, and you get postponed. Right? Like 
at some point that's going to catch up to you. The log jam is going to be too great once you get towards the, the tail end of the season that a, a lot of these games aren't going to be able to be made up or, um, you know, they're just going to, they're just going to have to move on. And, and then how does that impact the postseason? Right now, when you talk about the king of athletics, it's the NFL. And you've got the playoffs coming. I mean, week 18 starts tonight in the NFL. And so, you know, Blake, I think that when you look at where this thing is headed, is it possible that we see, you know, the NFL has revised their policies a little bit, as has the NBA. But is there an overarching sense of dread here for you? Like for me, uh, as a college basketball fan and looking forward to March Madness, yeah, that I'm, I'm not, to me, it's something is going to be, there's going to be an issue. Just like we saw in college football during the bowl season. Bowls needed to be canceled. Teams were taken off bowls and, and other teams were brought in, right? Like it was a musical chairs of of teams to fit into these bowl games. Because they they were they the numbers were so high, the numbers of players testing positives were so high. To me, there is a, an overarching sense of dread that that something that I love or something that we as sports fans love is going to be disrupted because of COVID again. I agree hundred percent. I don't know why this mic sounds so funky, um, but I think that with March Madness, they're going to do whatever they can to make it happen because March Madness makes the NCAA. I don't know what's going on with your mic. We'll have to fix that. Um, I think what I was, I was smelling what you were stepping in. I think you were trying to say that March Madness makes the regular season. It makes it go right. Like, it, it 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 is a totally different monster, especially when you're talking about a conference in the Big Ten, especially when you're when you're uh you know dealing at least from our perspective where you've got a team that could be a contender in Michigan State. Yeah, right? like you, we've got we've got teams that could be impacted here, and and with the meaningfulness of March Madness, it makes it makes the the regular season so much more important. And money-wise, I mean, how much money does March Madness bring in for the NCAA? Because these oh, bowls and the playoff, they don't; those aren't owned by the NCAA like March Madness is. Correct. So I mean, Correct. it's it's got it's isn't it? It's multi millions. I know that, but I mean, it's an insane cash cow oh. for the NCAA. Well, here I I don't know the number, but I would imagine. Let's see. Uh... Um, okay, let's see here. Hold on. Let me let me do a little research here. Great research staff uh, we have here. Yeah, this is great. We got the whole we got the whole crack research crew on this tonight. <laughs> uh, this is wonderful. Uh, a billion bucks, according to yeah. CNBC. So uh, a billion dollars is on the line for March Madness this year. Like that's that's insane amount of money. Yes. So yeah, no, I would think. That even from an NCAA perspective, this is something that they're keeping an eye on. Yeah. This is a, this is a problem. This is a problem. And and look, I'm I'm not trying to be you know uh you know the doomsday guy. I, I don't know how else to feel at this point, right? Like I, this is how I feel. I don't. I it's hard for me to paint a rosy picture for you because I don't feel like there is one. Because I'm looking at you know Michigan not being able to field a roster right now, 
And look, they're not the only ones. It's happening all across the country in college basketball. Uh, it happened in college football towards the tail end. It, it's happening. And so whether or not they're able to get it, I mean, look, is it possible that college basketball just says, look, we need to put a, a, a two-week pause on this thing? Everybody needs to get back into, you know, on campus, a sense of, you know, kind of you're as close to a bubble as you can be. I, I don't know. But I can I can tell you, uh, dollars to donuts, that's the, that the NCAA doesn't want to lose March Madness again. They can't afford. They can't afford to lose that again. They just can't. Can I give you a positive, though? I mean, you could try. At least it's happening now. Like, at least we're dealing with this now where they're, we're in the middle of regular season with pro sports. We're in the middle of regular season with college basketball. I'd rather be dealing with it now than in three months when things are really ramping up and the games meet, are meaning more. So hopefully we can get things figured out now, whereas if they were happening in March, it'd be a lot tougher to figure out on the fly. I I mean I hear you. I I that's it's a valid argument, but you know, look, if there's one thing that we've learned about this virus is you don't know nothing about it. Very you don't true. know nothing about it. And so I just it just feels like just when we think we turn the corner, you know, turn the corner. We're right we're, we're just doing, you know, uh we're just doing a 360 and then we're back here, you know, in the middle of all of this again. Ah, it's a bummer. But we'll see how it goes. All right, we'll take a quick break, come back on the other side. I want to talk about these transfers, either going into the transfer portal or perhaps uh, declaring for the NFL draft. I want to talk about these players on Michigan and Michigan State because these are pretty contrasting situations. Michigan, we knew that they were going to lose a lot of players, specifically on defense. For Michigan State, we thought they were going to lose a couple of players, but that is not the case. A couple of them are hanging on board. It's a, it's a huge plus for Mel Tucker and the Spartans. We'll talk about that next here on Sports Rep on WGM. You know, for, for Michigan, I think at least from a, from a you know, uh, from a perspective of knowing where this team is going to be going into the future, at least who you're going to be doing it with, like the, 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 the guys that were leaving this team you knew. Right, like it's obvious Hassan Haskins, Daxton Hill are going to the NFL. That's obvious. Like David Ajabo is a first round pick. He gone. Uh Aiden Hutchinson is a senior. He's going to be a top three pick. Aiden Hutchinson is gone. You know, then then there are some questionable guys like Chris Hinton. I didn't think the, Chris Hinton, the interior defensive lineman, was going to be going to the NFL. Didn't expect that, but okay. Vincent Gray announced today that he's gone, going to the NFL. Uh, Josh Ross, a co-captain of this team, says he's moving on to the next chapter, whatever that means. Um, and then you have some other guys that are entering the transfer portal that were that have been insignificant, haven't had any playing time, um, you know. But as far as the, the the big names that you expected to see go, are going. And, and some guys like Vincent Gray's got some extra time. If he wanted to use it, he could. Chris Hinton, same scenario. But all these other guys, these are seniors. These are guys that were, were moving on. It's not a surprise. Um, For Michigan State, 
and and we'll get back to Michigan in a second because I think some of that has to do with maybe the rumors about Jim Harbaugh. But for Michigan State, um, you know, for the season that they had, for the players that they, the, the integral players that were in the middle of all of this for the Spartans this year, um, look, I expected to go. I think I think that they even raised their stock. Um, like I think it was obvious Xavier Henderson was headed for the NFL. Uh, he announced that in fact he is not heading to the NFL and is staying with the Spartans, taking an additional season of eligibility, uh, and will uh, continue to be a mainstay on that back end for that defense, for a defense that was very bad against the pass not even very bad they were the worst in college football division one college football they were the worst at defending the pass but Xavier Henderson is a legit player like he's a legit safety so having Xavier back big deal for the Spartans big deal then you got you know the the receivers who I think everyone pegged at the end of the season they were gone both of them uh, including Jalen Naylor and Jaden Reed. Now, in Naylor's case, got injured late in the season and wasn't able to come back uh, until the bowl game. I thought maybe Naylor was a guy that could come back because of the injury, uh, and I think maybe could have improved his stock. He's going to the NFL, already declared. But... The, I guess really when you're talking about the players that were integral to this team's success this year, Jaden Reed announced that he's coming back. Coming back. Leading receiver. Somebody who, again, I thought would be a, I would say, day two receiver. You know, maybe a fourth round pick. At the, at the low end, but I thought Jaden Reed was going to go somewhere in the middle of the draft towards the high end. He's coming back. It's a big deal. A big deal. Having somebody like Reed back, not only from the offensive perspective, but also from the special teams perspective, is a complete uh, shot of adrenaline to this program. And I'll tell you what, and I don't, look, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I'm going to lay something here on the table, and I just, you know, Blake, you can call me crazy, you can do whatever you want, but I feel like this is something that, in terms of importance, in Jaden Reed staying in East Lansing, uh, I think that when you start looking down the road in the next couple of years, if this trajectory is to go where it appears to be going for Michigan State, in terms of Mel Tucker being a legit coach, in terms of Mel Tucker being able to utilize the transfer portal and and recruit players to fit his scheme and have success, right? Like this team wasn't supposed to have a tremendous, like the bowl game, a bowl game was the goal. So when you look at where this trajectory is heading and where you think this team and program is going, and you look at the impact of Jaden Reed this year, last year, and and now into 2022, I think that Jaden Reed could be a catalyst for this team. He is the bridge from the old guard to the new. 
Jaden Reed is the guy that when you look back and say, you know, uh, you know, like for Michigan, when Brady Hoke left and Jim Harbaugh took over, like who was that? Jabril Peppers was the guy. That's who it was. He was the holdover who was kind of able to make that transition of talent. Jaden Reed is that guy for Michigan State. Jaden Reed is the guy who's going to be able to springboard this program going forward. If he's even three-fourths as good as he was this year, Jaden Reed is the guy that is going to propel this program forward. Crazy? Is that too hyperbolic? To me, I just feel like that is, that is how impactful Jaden Reed is. I, I just don't know about Peyton Thorne. Like, well, I don't hey, know. I'm fair. I'm not a big Peyton Thorne guy. So it's fair. But look, he, he's at least he's a competitor. Definitely. Loves the, the, the team. Like, right, he is a team guy. Um, you know, can he do a better job taking care of the football? hundred percent. Uh, but he has shown the propensity to throw a nice deep ball. Uh, you know, I, I think that this was another developmental year for Peyton Thorne. Is he gonna win the Heisman? No, of course not. But is he a productive, like, you know, is he a baller or a game manager? Because you can win with both. You know what I mean? Like, to me, Peyton Thorne is, is a game manager. He's not somebody who's going to, you know, toast you for 350, but he'll pick up 220, 230, and have a couple of touchdowns and maybe an interception. Like, that's Peyton Thorne. He gives me the same feeling of a guy that we talked about yesterday, Bo Nix. Like, oh, yeah. I feel and like they're staying, very, yeah. very similar players. And I, yeah, so. maybe. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I, look, I get it. I see the, I see the, the resemblance. Um, but look, I think that in terms of what Michigan State has now, he's legit. Like, he's the guy. And I, and I, and again, I think that you talk about the relationship that he has with Jaden Reed, not only at Michigan State, but going back to their time in high school, it's important. And, and, you know, going for look, yep, you're not going to have Kenneth Walker. Uh, yeah, I like, I get it. Like, you know, you hope you're going to change some of this talent over on defense to get some better guys in. Like, I get all that. Um, but I think from a from a playmaker's perspective, Jaden Reed is such a big deal. It's such a big deal. Again, not only from an offensive perspective, but from a from a special teams perspective too. You know, returning two punts in back-to-back weeks when Michigan State hadn't returned a punt for a touchdown in a decade? Yeah. Like, big deal. He's a game-changer. And again, when you talk about his route running is good. Um, his speed is good. His hands are good. Like, is he as physical as the NFL would like? Probably not. And Maybe that's an area where he'd like to improve upon. Um, I think the NIL stuff is a complete... Uh, you know, game changer in terms of guys like Jaden Reed staying on board in college, you know, look, having that college experience, which was highly irregular for them during the pandemic. Uh, maybe that's a, a driving factor. I don't know, but, but being able to benefit off your name, image, and likeness, bringing in a little money and still being able to enjoy college. I think that's a good deal. So, uh, I, I, look again, I don't want to oversell it. I think Jaden Reed's a big deal. I think Jaden Reed coming back, uh, for, for this team for Mel Tucker is a huge deal, huge deal. It's huge. Look, I want to talk about Michigan, uh, head coach Jim Harbaugh coming up on the other side, because there had been so many rumors about Harbaugh now going to the NFL every off season, Jim Harbaugh 
is off to the shield every year, every single year. And I've been telling people forever, if Jim Harbaugh, like Jim Harbaugh is a lifer, I I think, you know, and it, is there still a chance? I, I think there is a chance he, he splits, but I'll tell you what I'm hearing, tell you what I've seen. I'll share that with you. Give you the inside scoop. Uh, we'll do it next uh, right here on Sports Rep. Chris Renwick tonight on WJR. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back. Um, every single offseason, maybe outside of last year, because the Wolverines did not play well uh, during the uh, COVID-shortened season. But every season, maybe outside of that, when when Jim Harbaugh's job was really in question last offseason, um, and he made one of the, the great turnarounds in college football, maybe ever, I don't know. But I will say that every year his name is brought up as a candidate for an NFL job. And, and, and partially for good reason, right? Three straight NFC title games, uh, went to the Super Bowl against his brother, lost when he probably should have won. Um, Jim Harbaugh has proven time after time after time that he is a good coach, that he knows football, that he knows what he's doing. At Michigan, it has been a bit of an uphill climb for whatever reason you want to cite. But he got it right this year, finally. He got this thing, the boat rowing in the right direction. And every year these NFL rumors come up and every year they they hit the media on Twitter and every single year Jim Harbaugh has to come out and do damage control. He has to come out and tell recruits and their parents and and release a statement, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going, I'm staying here. You know, that can be exhausting, first of all. Like every single year. And Jim Harbaugh is, has shown he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. He's good enough to do it at the highest level. You know who hasn't been good enough to do it the high, at the highest level? Uh, Urban Meyer, <laughs> right? Like, Urban Meyer, great college coach, apparently was terrible in the NFL. Like, Jim Harbaugh can do both. And so every single year when this comes up, it has to be addressed. And for the first time, I think, in his tenure at Michigan, I think that the rumors of Jim Harbaugh talking to NFL teams or being interested or NFL teams reaching out, I think they have been legit this time. And it's and, and look, from what I'm hearing, from what I've read, from what I've seen, and deciphering all of this information, um, I, I think that Jim Harbaugh wants to be at Michigan for the rest of his career. Like, Jim Harbaugh loves this place. Like he loves Ann Arbor. He loves the university. Like I, I, I truly, truly believe not only from his actions and what he has said, because look, Jim Harbaugh doesn't, there's no hyperbole. There's no double speak. Jim Harbaugh as, as perhaps, you know, unique as he is at times. Um, He doesn't, he is who he is. He doesn't lie. And so I think in this particular case, I think there has been some correspondence with the NFL and Jim Harbaugh. And it's not because Jim Harbaugh wants to leave because he I don't think he does. I think that 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 there has been, whether it has been from the administration, 
the board, whomever, from what I can tell and from what I've heard, is that Jim Harbaugh has said, look, we've got tremendous momentum right now. We've got a Big Ten banner that's going to be hung in Glick Fieldhouse. We have a trip to the college football playoff as the number two team in the country. Yep, we got bombed. We didn't look good, but we were there. You can't win the Mega Millions unless you buy a ticket, right? And so you never know what happens. But Georgia was the better team. But you got there. You beat Ohio State for the first time in what feels like an eternity. Getting that, you know, fighting off those demons is a big deal. And so I think Jim Harbaugh has said, look, we do not have a meaningful NIL program in place where other big-name programs, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, Ohio State, UCLA, like big-name programs that are trying to be either are relevant or trying to be relevant again, USC, Texas, like the NIL thing is such a big deal. And if you don't already have the infrastructure in place, you're behind. And for Michigan, they don't have that here where other schools have hired directors of NIL or other schools have hired people to help the university navigate this or help students navigate it. That hasn't happened at Michigan. They have not embraced it as other schools have. And I think from Jim Harbaugh's perspective, where where he's saying, "Look, I don't whether you think these players should be earning money, whether you think that this is a good idea, is completely irrelevant because it's here." And so, if you want us to be able to get the best players in the country coming out of high school, if you want us to be able to compete, we need this infrastructure in place. We need this department now we needed it yesterday and with so much juice coming off this last season i think harbaugh for the first time has realized again this is from what i've seen from what i've heard from folks and from what i've read it feels as though jim harbaugh is at a is at a point where he's fighting for this this department the athletic department or he's fighting for this football program because I think he feels like the university isn't doing everything they can to be competitive. Look, I could be totally, totally wrong. But it 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 feels like that's the case. And I've heard some rumblings that maybe the school is, is changing their mind on this. Uh, obviously, there has been different brands that have been involved, like Valiant, the, the apparel company, uh, has been somebody who is as is investing a lot of money into NILs and in the Michigan football team. Cause Jared Wrangler was a former player. He owns the, the brand now. Like those are, those are steps in the right direction. So whether or not Jim Harbaugh is sitting at home with his wife and kids saying, look, what are the priorities? Do we want to stay in Ann Arbor? Do we want to be at, at the university for forever for the, for as long as I can coach football or, is Jim Harbaugh's aspirations of, of a Super Bowl more important? Because I'll tell you what, I'm not sure that, that I think maybe at one point 
the 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 thoughts that were kind of just the, the like that that existed was that Jim Harbaugh wants the Super Bowl. He wants to go to the highest mountaintop. He wants to go and win the biggest prize in his profession. Like I think that at one time really inhabited him. I'm not so sure it does anymore. I believe he absolutely loves Ann Arbor. I believe he absolutely loves the fans. I think he loves his team. And I think he's just asking for all of the tools that can be available to him. Right? Like, yep, you can, of course, you'll have a a jet to travel around to, you know, Texas to go see a recruit and you can come back and be home in time for dinner with, with your wife and kids. Like that's not the type of, of infrastructure that Jim Harbaugh is looking for at this point. So I'm just, I'm just kind of passing along what I've heard, what I've seen could be totally off base, but I believe Jim Harbaugh has talked to other NFL teams and whether or not that was a strong, you know, a strong arm move to, to really tell the school that he was serious, like this is something that's needed, and if you're not willing to give it to me, then I'm out. Like if that's the case, then then that's what he's apparently doing. I don't know. I'm only telling you what I've heard. I believe Jim Harbaugh wants to be in, in Ann Arbor. He wants to be at Michigan for as long as he can. I believe that. I truly believe that. And especially after this this last season, you saw a different Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. Right? Like the first couple of years, fiery. You know, he'd be on the sidelines throwing things. Like he was very much, um, he was a hundred percent in this in this mode. Over the last couple of years, it felt like I don't know what. It just didn't feel like like he had that same drive. And the team kind of struggled. Because of that, whether or not it was because of that, I don't know, but it was, it correlated. And then this last season, this was the Jim Harbaugh of year one of year two of 2016, where Jim Harbaugh was on fire because he knew he, what he had and the guys playing the way they did and the results that they had and beating Ohio state and beating Iowa in the championship game and getting to the playoff it was a totally different Jim Harbaugh and it was a Jim Harbaugh that was having fun. It was a Jim Harbaugh that was loving what he was doing and loving this team and loving. It was a totally different situation. Jim Harbaugh loves this university. I believe he wants to be here for as long as he can, but I do believe that these rumors of Jim Harbaugh talking to NFL teams are true. Blake, do you have any sense of, or, or, or a, or an educated guess where you think this thing's headed. I don't think he's leaving. I don't think, I think he's leaving the, either. I think the information about the NFL is legit. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't an NFL team be interested in a coach that took a team to the Super Bowl? I agree 100%. That, that, that won their conference three straight years in a row. Yes. Or, or, or was battling for that crown three straight years in a row. But I Like, th- that's the guy who gets the league. Yeah, 100%. But I, I just don't, I don't see him. Why would he... Why would he leave after like what he did with his contract where he donated all the money back? All that kind of stuff. It just 
he yeah, this is not about wants money. to be it, there. At least it seems. Yeah, it, it, this this does not seem like it's about money. Jim Harbaugh is fine. Like, uh, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to be uh, eating ramen because he needs to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Jim Harbaugh's okay. Like he he's doing just fine. So I don't I don't think this is about money. I don't. I don't think this is about money at all. And nowadays, and you're right. Mon- giving all of those bonuses back to 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 workers behind the scenes in the athletic department. I think he thinks it's a special place. I think he really cherishes this place because he played here because of Bo, because of his dad, because of the whole thing. And I think, I think you're right. I think that's a big, maybe, uh, you know, hint at what Jim Harbaugh's thinking, but yeah, look, time will tell. All I'm saying is, is I don't think that we should be dismissing the rumors about Jim Harbaugh talking to the NFL. All right, coming up on the other side, week 18 in the NFL, speaking of, starts tonight. We got a game in progress. We'll let you know where the Chiefs and the Broncos are uh, just starting the fourth quarter. That game in Denver at Mile High. So we'll talk about that coming up next. Also, we'll talk about Lions uh, Pack tomorrow. Give you a couple of things to watch for. We'll talk about this team going forward, what we can expect and what it's going to take to land that first-round pick next on Sports Wrap. All right, welcome back to Sports Wrap. Week 18 of the NFL starts tonight. Uh, Start of the fourth quarter. Uh, We've got the Chiefs and the Broncos in Denver. Uh, The Broncos lead the Chiefs 21-17. to I believe uh, Casey with the ball to start the fourth quarter. So we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, In the meantime, we got Cowboys Eagles from Philly. Uh, That kicks tonight at 8.15. But tomorrow, 1 o'clock, Ford Field, Lions, Packers. And I think that when you you look again, when, when we talked about this season, and I've said it to you week after week, I said it to you at the beginning of the season. I said it to you when when Dan, when Dan Campbell was hired as head coach. This next season was not about wins and losses. So don't get too down when the team isn't very good. I think I had this team at five wins uh, at the beginning of the year, which if a couple of things went their way, they probably would be at about five wins. But I think you got to keep things in perspective. This was never about wins and losses this season. This was always about building a foundation, which they have done. This team does not roll over. This team does not give in. They are a tenacious team. They are a a team that enjoys to be, that, that appears to enjoy being around each other. They are a, an organization where where it, it it looks like they may even understand the things that have gone wrong in the past. Look, I think that's something that is worth noting. Uh, by the way, Casey kicking a field goal. Broncos lead at twenty-one twenty. So I think that when you when you keep all of those things in mind, the good news is. A couple of things. One, they have established that foundation. But number two, they also 
are in a position to get better. They're also in a position now to land potentially the first pick in the overall, a first pick of the draft. They got number two as, as the worst. And you look at where Brad Holmes has cut his teeth when he was with L.A. And now here in his first draft last year, you see some of the talent, right? Like Derek Barnes looks like a guy who's going to play here. McNeil on the inside, somebody who's going to play on that defensive line going forward. And then obviously, obviously, Panay Sewell has been one of the best offensive linemen uh, this year. He's been a top, he was a top five left tackle. He's one of the top five right tackles in the league. That versatility is incredible. And then, of course, you've got Amon Ross St. Brown out of the fourth round. Like, those are, those are hits. And then you've got some guys that have been undrafted, talent that they brought in uh, as free agents. Those are good things. And they still lost enough games to where they're going to they're gonna get a top three pick. So I think that this season, even though at times it has felt like a struggle, even though the win-loss record isn't where you want to see it, this, this season has felt like a success to me. It felt like this is a step in the right direction. And no, I don't even anticipate this team winning tomorrow. Like, whether or not Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams plays, it doesn't even matter. I don't even think they win. But the but the point is, this season for me has felt like a, a success. Is that fair, Blake? Do you feel like this Lions season, despite the, 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 the mostly downs that this team has had, they feel like they're in a better position to compete in the future today than they did maybe last year? For them to win any games with the talent that is on this roster, I think is incredible. I agree. I agree. First of all, the the maturation process and the way that Amon Ross St. Brown has come up. Look, I was excited. Like, you go back to listen to our uh, post-draft shows. I was very excited about Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm -hmm. Watched him at USC. He was a guy that I thought is physical, smart, good route runner, good hands, somebody who I thought was going to be a steal. And turns out he was. But I think that when when you're able to identify that talent, especially in later rounds, that's where teams like Seattle were able to make a lot of, of noise in those mid to late rounds, undrafted free agents that were starters, that were, that were competing when they won a Super Bowl. Like, that's what you're looking for. And look, uh, real quick, Blake, sitting, starting guys, uh, the pack has everything locked up. You think it's better to sit and start? Uh, or do you think it's better to to give these guys some time, let them rest, don't get injured, but you lose the momentum? What's the best way to go about this if you're the Packers? I personally think, like, with Aaron Rodgers and his toe and his age, I would rest him. But he's a competitor. He wants to play, which I also, yeah. like, understand. And you got to value that. Yeah, he says he's says he plans to play. Uh, so we will we will recap that game for you tomorrow. Again, you got Cowboys Eagles tonight. Chiefs Broncos going on right now. Uh, week 18 is underway in the NFL. We'll talk about it tomorrow here on Sports Wrap. Chris Renwick saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow on WJR.